everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, and uh, it's awesome to have you on here with me again today. My name is Luke. I am your host for this podcast that is going up in two places. That's right. It's not just on all the things with Luke Tim. It is also on the church podcast. So it's around because, again, today we've got an awesome podcast with Mike Ring, who went on the mission trip with us, and it was his first time in Kenya, second time on a mission trip. We'll talk about that a little bit, the, the difference between one and the other, and uh, he did a great job. He did a great job there, did a great job on this podcast. He was nervous. Can you believe it? He was worried about um, coming on, lost sleep because he didn't know if he would do a good job or say the right stuff. Uh, yeah, that's silly. Silly talk because Mike is awesome. So... Um, here is our experience in Kenya. Um, the whole whole concept of the trip and all of that, again, is in a refugee camp in northwest Kenya, one of the toughest refugee camps you can be in, working with lots of different people, group, bringing them the hope of Jesus. So, pretty good stuff. All right, without further ado, please welcome my good friend, Mike. Sometime it is. I have to, you have to help me remember that. Oh, we're on right now. We're oh, already no started. way. <laughs> I'm not ready to start yet. You actually lost sleep over this, huh? I did. <laughs> that cracks me up. How do they know who I am? <laughs> this is Mike Ring. How you doing, Mike? I'm tired. It's early. Well, it's 8.30 in the morning almost for uh, on a weekday for a retired guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously. So I that. got my coffee and... Uh, I guess I'm ready to go. There's no, there's no such thing as anything getting done before coffee, other than, well, even when I work out early in the morning, I always drink coffee first. There's, there's nothing wrong with a caffeine shot in the morning. I learned that in Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how like the best coffee you drink is thousands of miles away on a mission trip in a refugee camp? Yeah. And that's all due to Keith. Keith is just a master when it comes to yeah. making coffee on the road. But, man, is it fantastic. So, yeah, first time uh, on the mission trip. Well, first, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been at Living Faith and, and that kind of stuff? Oh, Sue and I. Sue's my wife. Um, we joined Living Faith, I think, about three years ago, two or three years ago. I'm not sure which. Mm-hmm. We were longtime members at uh, Mount Olive Lutheran Church and um, Sue retired from there and I retired from their music so we just thought it was a good time to change and yeah and um, join living faith because of the because of the friendliness of the people was a big factor of it yeah, yeah. pretty cool church isn't it yeah it is it's amazing yeah uh, you know I, I laugh all the time I try and tell people no we're different we're it's a different kind of a church and everybody's, everybody says that but honestly this no. church is unique it's different yeah it's, it's true. a special place yeah and you guys have just, you know, snapped right in at, at Living Faith. I mean, you're you're up there singing, Sue's on council. Yeah. <laughs> like it's out of control. <laughs> I didn't know if I, I really miss singing because I used to lead that at the other church and just, I, I miss it. I missed it. And the praise team just welcomed me in and just, yeah. uh, the, the, the cool thing for me is I just show up and sing. Yeah. Before I used to do, um, a lot of the other behind-the-scenes stuff, the picking music and yeah, making sure that there was a drummer there and a, a guitarist and piano player, and uh, I don't miss any of that. Yeah. I just I like to just <laughs> show up and sing, and and also I like to sing harmonies. Yeah, and at the other church I was supposed to sing melody, so yeah. I love singing harmonies. <laughs> yeah, I should mention that you guys were um, really good this last Sunday. Oh, hang on a second. Come here. Oh. I'm getting I'm getting the word that that somebody's got this room booked in like 30 minutes, but that's okay. We'll get a good podcast in. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're all for a short podcast. I'm sure I'm for five minutes. Come on, <laughs> I'm no not way. a I'm not a huge talker. Yeah, but I'm, you went on I, a mission trip to talk about Jesus. I did. <laughs> if I go into a room, I'm the one that, and this happened, I think, on the trip too, as when the group got around and, and talked. Mm-hmm. I, I like to listen. I just like to listen what stories are. And right. Kind of quiet on that way. And, yeah. But but you were a talker on this mission trip. Yeah. 
Yeah. I became that. (laughs) (laughs) You were that while you were there? Yeah. Yeah, what was what was? Uh, but you've been on a mission trip before, so what was the difference um, between the two? Like you did one, was it two years ago? Last March, a, a year ago, March. Oh, a year ago, I okay. went on a, um, a thr- uh, Thrivent uh, Lutheran Insurance yeah. company that co or went together goes together with uh, Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, and they sponsor a trip. So we went to Nicaragua, okay. and it was uh, building a helping build a house. Uh, pretty primitive conditions there. Yeah. And when I came back, uh, it was very enjoyable. It was hard work. Yeah. Mixing concrete by hand and all kinds of uh-huh. tough stuff for for five days. But it just wasn't. Uh, I don't know. There was something missing about it uh, as a mission trip. And I thought, well, I think I want to try a different kind of mission trip where yeah. maybe you don't uh, go build something for somebody. Maybe you just go. On a more of a you know, like a Jesus trip, maybe you call it. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I kind of I differentiate them between um, service project, which is good, I'm, and and um, sometimes I worry that people think I, I speak ill of service projects. I don't. I just mean if it's a service project, that's what it is. It, that's let's not get confused and say that's mission work. I mean, if you're not telling people about Jesus, that's that's like in my mind, the core defining factor of mission. I mean, are, are people finding out about this guy who died on a cross? Or mm-hmm. are you building a house? Yeah. If people need houses. I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't we shouldn't do relief and, and encouragement in physical ways, but, yeah. man, you got to have Jesus if, if you're going to be a mission trip. Yeah. And actually, before I went, I had some really some questions about what the purpose of our trip, toward you know, what, what it was. We're not going to take them anything tangible we're not going <laughs> to build anything for them we're not going to dig any show well, for them <laughs> dig a bathroom for them <laughs> uh we're just going to show up and listen to them and i thought before i went i thought is that how are they going to receive that and uh you just feel like inside of you you want to you want to do something and not yeah. um, just go share jesus with them but I had some conversations with a few people here, and they just said, well, you're really taking the most important thing that's in your life yes, um, <laughs> to share with them. And not you know, other things are important too, but... but uh, um, and I think it helped it become the most important thing in my life. It was probably a little bit... Maybe it was not as high up as it should have been before. But, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, living in America, I think it's just easy to just, just live um, day to day and... It's a lot easier so, here than it is there yeah, yeah. <laughs> to so, just live day to day for sure. Yeah. So I think that's why when you called me up front um, the week after we got back or yeah. something, I said, although my faith has grown, I thought immensely from the trip. Just, yeah. Just the, everything. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Like we went to tell other people about Jesus and came back with more of him than we left with. <laughs> yeah. 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 The people are, the people were amazing that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, it's incredible that each trip is, to me, I mean, I've gone a bunch of times now, I come back with more, and I almost feel, selfish isn't the right, like, I, I feel like, nah, it shouldn't, somebody else needs to get more of this, as if there's, you know, Jesus is some kind of commodity, and we're, I've got too much of him, and, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it's just, you just keep getting more. Yeah. But, yeah, so your faith has grown, how's, how's it grown since you've been on the trip, do you think? I think my, uh. The the devotions, the Bible, getting digging into the Bible more, the prayer life more. Uh, just I think trying to live uh, my life better as a as a Christian. Just, yeah. yeah, just getting getting things more into priority. Um, just all the way through life. It definitely rearranges your priorities. Yeah. I mean, our, our priorities um, here are just always about material stuff. It seems like you wake up and. The first thing you got to do is is figure out what you're going to do this day to fix this or build that or go here and do this and and there you know mm. all of that gets kind of taken away from you and you're in the moment or you're not yeah you and Sue's I think Sue's uh, taken some of the consequences oh yeah tell <laughs> about me about the, that about, oh, just no I, <laughs> <laughs> just about the spending money part. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a common theme from people who come back from the trip is all of a sudden it's like, I can't believe I'm spending $80 on a parachute. Yeah, or just 
even more than that on stuff. Yeah, all right, right. <laughs> but, yeah. I know. Yeah. Well. But that's that's just as um, – it's real because, you know, you had such a profound experience that your spouse hasn't had. And that's – you know, I always get nervous about that too. The people who don't go are hugely affected. In fact, I was thinking about planning a podcast with uh, Doug Darnell because Julie's been so many times now. He's – in the place where, man, can he talk about what it's like to be left behind? To be home, yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he even had like a little get together this year for everybody who was left behind. Yeah, Sue was there. Yeah, yeah, he knows. Yep. <laughs> he gets it. So, so she's seen a change in you too. Then from the trip, I hope so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it seems pretty clear. Yeah, and uh, almost to a person, uh, Debbie uh, had just said she thinks Eric might go, but almost to a person, most people are like, nope. Um, one spouse goes, yep, I want to go. The other spouse goes, nope. So where's Sue in that camp? Exactly on track for that. Yeah, she's, yeah, a nope. she's, <laughs> she's a no person. She says, I'm glad you go, You want to go, but uh, I'm not going to go. I think <laughs> She likes the comforts of home. Yeah, but I, I think <laughs> but, it's it's even like wired into um, the design of marriage. And it's not a man-woman thing. I, I think that God calls people to this trip in a in, – He's, I mean, even probably invested in your marriage so long ago that you know, maybe even before you were married, that the two of you are this compatible thing where you need somebody anchored at home. You need somebody when you come back to to be like, hey, Mike, that's okay, but we're here now. Yeah, and that's true <laughs> pretty much my whole life, <laughs> not just the trip to Kenya. She's always anchored the home. And, yeah. And I've been the one that gets to go out and play sports and play softball and sing in choirs and and um, um, just do all that I think it's stuff. healthy. Yeah. I really but, do. But she also, she stays pretty active in church too. It's just with more of the, yeah. <laughs> well, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, she's very active some, in some church. Of the, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. A lot of the behind the scenes stuff. But, yeah. So, yeah. That, so, again, recapping, we go to Kakama, uh, this refugee camp, northwest Kenya, and it is um, – really tough conditions where all these other people groups, so they're primarily not Kenyans that we interact with. I mean, it's primarily other people groups from uh, Ethiopia, South Sudan, just kind of all over the place. And um, it's tough, but did anything surprise you when on on this trip that you weren't expecting? Yeah, a couple of things. There's kind of an anecdotal story first. Um, I was a traffic engineer Pretty much my whole life. <laughs> so we, when we went to Kenya, first of all, they're driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> they're driving on roads that aren't really roads. Correct. They're so <laughs> potholed and I guess bombed out from a long, long time ago. I'm not sure. I heard no, that. That's, no, that's just weather. bad. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> just terrible because the drivers would not drive on the roads for a lot of the trip. Large sections <laughs> of driving is next to yeah. the road. But so that was um, that was kind of an anecdotal side. Whenever I whenever I go somewhere, I'm always taking pictures of traffic stuff. Yeah. Even now, so just yeah. to see that. But some of the some of the people though, there's two stories that I was thinking of. Probably more than that. But uh, one one story, uh, we were sitting around the men's group in the afternoon. We would go out and do home visits in the morning and have lunch at the church and. Have men's meet with the men and women meet with the men. And women meet with the women. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the churches, they were saying about uh, their mission field. The, the men there have a mission field, and they were talking about the uh, the mosques that were around there and mm-hmm. the, uh, and the religion, the, uh, that religion and um, the Muslim religion. And just that, I thought. These people are like what we think of as our mission field, yeah. and yet they see their own mission field. And yep. I thought that's to me they were they're the recipients and not the givers, but they they feel the same way. They feel the same way as we do. Yeah, about we need they need to do what we're, as same thing we're doing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of our work is actually um, to people who are part of churches in the refugee camp, and that I think that surprises people. I, I've started taking it for granted that everybody knows there's churches there. Um, mm-hmm. But now just imagine like if all of a sudden, you know, Minnesota invaded Iowa <laughs> and like we all had to run and leave and they, they relocated 
all of the population to Death Valley, which is always what I kind of say. This feels like Death yeah. Valley. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, one of the ways in which you could try and if you didn't know people and all of these people from your home state are here, you might try and organize yourself around. Oh, you're Lutheran. OK, let's well, let's get together and and have a, a and establish a community. And that's kind of what's happened. So the churches there are um, disorganized isn't the right word, but it's you know, they don't have pastors. They don't have um, a lot of the infrastructure and, and organization that their churches from where they came from had. Mm-hmm. But they have started to find each other. So a lot of what we do is encouraging those people in their efforts in church. And then the other half of that, of course, is going out to people who don't belong to a church, don't have faith in Jesus, and share with them and try and connect them back to that church. Yeah. So it's it's not just randomly walking around telling people about Jesus, getting on a plane and leaving. Like we're trying to connect them to a place in the refugee camp where they're going to continue to find Jesus. Yeah. So – yeah, that's that was cool too to to hear that. that those they have a real sense of mission there too, and we're encouraging that. And when you talked about the cold, the well, cold calls or the home visits, home visit, yeah, um, that was where one, one of the I even had to write it down, um, and I'll read it mostly. Please do. <laughs> but uh, one of the ladies, uh, she's been she was in Kakama from uh, Sudan for uh, since two thousand and five, so that's thirteen years. And she said, uh, well, it was a time when we were asking them what we, what we can pray for them for. And she says, well, God brings them all together. She wanted us to pray that it uh, would end the, the strife in their home country, which yeah. was Sudan. But then what she said, and this is pretty much a quote, she says, life is hard here, but we're in the hand of God, so they don't need to worry. And I thought, man, if I was in those conditions, would I, I'm a worrier. Right. <laughs> but they're just like... They're living with with such uh, difficult conditions, yeah. And yet their their faith is so strong. That's what really got me uh, a lot was just how the strength, this how strong their faith is. Yeah, just that they and they're living. I don't know about day to day, but they're living. Uh, some of them are living day to day. We for found sure. that out. Yeah, um, but they're for sure living with not enough to survive on. So, yeah, and they still survive is the amazing yeah. thing. Yeah. Like it, it teaches you about the resilience of, of not just the physical body, but the resilience of um, humanity in the spirit. And the really, it's not surprising that they're looking to grab onto something like faith to to survive. Because mm-hmm. you can take a lot of things away from somebody and, and faith can still remain. Mm-hmm. That's what always strikes me is, man... I, I wonder how many Americans, you know, if, if we had lost a bunch of things, would start to question God. I hope the number is low. I hope the American Christians would be able to sustain it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It just seems like in times of tragedy, that's, that's like when nine eleven occurred, it just seemed like that's the people kind of turned back into the church. So. Yeah. But, so I wonder, maybe, but, yeah. maybe we need some more tragedy in this country. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you're advocating? <laughs> no. No, we had some good, really good home visits, and it was kind of fun. Uh, inter- I never, I don't like to use the word fun. The, the fun part, we did have fun. We did have fun. Um, the the mission trips, the, the the daytime was not so much fun, no. but the fun time was the the family that we were there with, the you and just the whole the seven people that went from Living Faith, and then the four or five people we met up with from Kenya that stayed with us the whole yeah. week. Just that became a little family. And just the, the camaraderie and the, the time that we had together there in the evenings and yeah. on the on the travels, just it was it, it became a pretty close knit group. Yeah, so. there's this you don't want to call it fun, but man, no, it's kind of fun. That part's fun. I I just called and I I called it as profound and not fun. Yeah, and I wrote that down in a. I think somebody said that word on Sunday. Yeah, and I wrote it in my devotion book. Uh, Today was profound. Yeah, uh, it must have had something to do with the with the church service or the people that the first time we had met people. Yeah, uh, it just was. It was such a, a uplifting, sad. Uh, it just all the all the emotions you can go through. You went through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You experience a wider range of emotions 
in that one day than you do most of your life. Yeah. It's crazy. And then on the Monday, the, so the first the first day we went there was a, a Sunday. First day we got into camp. Yeah. And it was, I, I think I shared this with the group, but it was kind of a normal day for me. Not We were there, but it was, we went to church on Sunday morning. We stayed there and ate and maybe had a little talk in the afternoon and went back to the hotel or the, well, Oh, whatever you call it. <laughs> that place we stayed. <laughs> it wasn't the Holiday Inn, but it wasn't like last year, apparently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All those people who went last year, I think they feel like we did have a Holiday Inn. <laughs> Comparatively, absolutely. Yeah. So that first Sunday was, uh, it, 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 the whole thing didn't really hit me till Monday when we started doing the, the visits, the home visits, and actually visiting with the people and just trying to learn the, that was the when I was learning what we were doing too, and I almost felt like uh, I wasn't um, being very useful. Mm. Um, I don't I don't think I was taking notes. I was just kind of learning how we went and visited the, these. Some of them were church members, like you said, but it was yeah. at their home, yeah. and some were not. Some were just kind of we ran into we them. ran into them, yeah. So I. Uh, in fact, I felt really bad uh, the first, uh, I think we did about five or six home visits and everybody had, you weren't with us, but um, Peter and some of the other people. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I felt like everybody else had, had either visited with the people or prayed with the people or something, more more interaction. Yeah. Other than introducing yourself. We always did that. But, yeah. Um, in fact, uh, the last persons we visited, Visited. I had to miss a lot of the conversation because I was not feeling real well. I needed some water, so yeah. I was trying to find water. And Peter asked me, "Would you mind praying?" And I said, "Well, I says I haven't been hearing too much of the conversation, so I thought uh, I thought like I really let them down that day that uh-huh. at that time. Um, but that, but so so that day, um, just kind of learned that 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 was when everything kind of hit me. Yeah, uh, but then Tuesday, then I felt much, much better. I felt like I, yeah, I, uh, not that it's about me. I think we no, learned that, right? Right, of course. <laughs> but you, you want to be cognizant you, of of you. Yeah, and you, if you're doing, you want to feel like you're participating, like you're um, um, providing something useful, yeah, contributing something yeah. to the whole thing. Yeah. So and Tuesday went much, much better, and the rest of the week. So what's interesting, I think, is. Uh, it's just showing up is almost 80%, maybe even 90%. I mean, people recognize how difficult it is to to for us to travel. And they immediately are like, man, thank you for coming. And then add to that, on, on top of all of that, that you have come to Kakama and you're in a place that's really a challenge because they live there. They know it's a challenge. And now you, you're walking to see them and you want to share with them. So it's almost like whatever comes out of your mouth, they've already decided, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what you're going to say next. I'm and already it, here to tell you thank you. It wasn't like, I wasn't sure what to expect. I kind of thought, well, we're the, you know, the rich white people from America mm-hmm. and everybody's going to want something from us. And it really wasn't that way at all. They just were so happy to see us. Yeah. Uh, we were... We were the only white people that that I saw all all week, basically. Yeah. But we were so welcome, um, and they were they they were they just were they took the time to to spend time with you, and that's part of their just our culture. But, yeah. Uh, I had I have a friend that's from from Liberia. We've kind of adopted, not really technically, but right. we've adopted him and. I talked to him. So Liberia's on the western side of Africa, and we were on the eastern side. And and I thought, well, maybe the cultures are close, and I think they are. I think so, yeah. yeah. So I says, I'm a little nervous about going over there. I says, what do you, will the people be receptive to us? And he says, oh, he says, they'll just be welcoming, welcoming to you. Um, <coughs> just don't, he says, don't worry about any of that. Just they'll, you'll, you won't have anything to worry about, yeah. whether security or anything. Just he says, just um, just go and enjoy it. Yeah. So that that helped me too. Some plus plus the visits with all the the pre visits where yeah. we met beforehand. So 
And, you know, that's always a question that comes up is, you know, do you feel safe when you're over there? I always say it's way more safe than Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> I felt safe the whole time, partly because we had Peter with us. Yes. <laughs> partly because we had Peter. Peter was our, what do they call him, Maasai warrior? Yeah. We <laughs> Not had really, Maasai. but. No, he's Luol, actually. But, yeah, it's, no, it, you're exactly right. There's, it's a different kind of. I, I, I say it's more like exposure. There's there's a difference between being afraid of heights and being afraid of exposure. So like if you are – some people are afraid of heights. So if they're on something tall, they're scared. And other people are like, no, it's OK. I can be in a tall building not be scared. But if you get to the edge and now you're exposed out, then you freak out. Yeah. And that's more like what it is. It's exposure. It's, we're not like ever in any danger except for that – I mean – it's Kenya. Something could happen, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you could flip a car on a road pretty easily and you're in a bad spot. <laughs> yeah. For I felt like you guys day. kept me out of trouble several times. <laughs> I, I think I was counting it on – I almost got it onto two hands. <laughs> the number of times that I either messed up or got, could have got myself in trouble big time. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know it's never really really scary. It's it's always like um, yeah. There was that that time you took a and I would have thought you were fine taking a picture of that the guy driving the, that truck. Yeah. It was like a quarter mile. I know off. it was so far away. I could hardly see the truck in the picture. <laughs> I mean, I am stunned that he figured out you were taking a picture of him. Yeah, and he was he was upset about that. But yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere, truly, <laughs> we were of nowhere. <laughs> kind of immobile at the time because we were changing a tire. Changing so a flat tire. How fast can I run? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not any faster than anybody's. Yeah, <laughs> so, and where are you going to run, Mike? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fifty miles somewhere <laughs> to the nearest town. Take a direction. That's where you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't too big of a deal. I, I don't think that guy was. He was just grumpy and, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't going to get out of his truck and do anything about it. There was one other thing I was going to bring up, um, just about the, the friendliness and the people there. Yeah. So I learned a little bit of the language. Um, one, one of our home visits, our interpreter, his name was Jacoboth. Uh, okay. Which means he was a twin. I didn't know that the both part means. Oh, okay. Means uh, he's the older of the twin, in fact. Okay, cool. Um, but he, we were meeting and greeting some people at a home and he was interpreting and we were just saying hello and how are you and he said he said uh well they say male male means kind of hello okay. and they say male male migua means hello how are you so we were saying that and he says there's also more to that uh, there's a male male moody male moody so male migua male migua, male migua. i'm reading this yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember it Mali Migua means hello, how are you? And they would say fine. Mali Mudi means hello, how really are you? So um, it just it, it's their relationship is much deeper than a lot of times. It, you know, you greet somebody and they say hello, how are you? And I'm fine. Yeah. But then they their next thing would be hello, how really are you? Uh-huh. And then gives more time to. And there, I think time is not near as important to them as as it is to us. So right. yeah, so they they would sit and if if we would, if somebody would start going into a how they really are, we'd probably be starting to look at our watch and say, oh, I got to be somewhere in right. five minutes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but there they don't have that time constraint. So yeah, they, it's more about people and you, and it's not so much about um, what I got to get done next. Yeah, you know. So if somebody asks you how you are. They just want to know, and whatever amount of time that takes. If yeah. you're really good and you got nothing to say, and it's three minutes, then it's three minutes. If it's three hours, then it's three hours. Yeah, it all's a relationship. Uh, their their whole culture's built on relationships. Yeah, um, yeah. So. It's a very cool way to live, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there anything in the in the camp or any experiences that you had that kind of stuck out as really profound or or something that just kind of <laughs> shaped the whole trip for you? <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's one time I was sitting with. Uh, th- this is not another. It's, it's 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 not a profound thing, but it was uh, um, when we when, when we and the men were sitting around, and you you led most of them. I mean, you led all of them. Yeah. Uh, but how interesting the how much the men wanted to learn just about all kinds of culture things and about church things and yeah i think they really appreciated having a 
theologian there to, to tell them that. But it was with one of the, uh, I think it was not, it was one day where we were waiting to eat, eat uh, lunch. Yeah. I think it was the last day, maybe. <clears throat> and now, I don't know how I got on it, but about singing, I think it was. Yeah. I was with this Jacoboth again. And he taught me how to sing uh, Jesus Loves Me. Oh, it's here. In, uh, <laughs> well, I got to find it in here because I don't have it memorized either. Um, keep talking. And it was that last day, so that would have been um, in one of the Sudanese churches. So this is probably um, one of their languages. Oh, it wouldn't be Ethiopian. That would be Nuer. I can't remember which language it would be. It was Nuer. Or is Nuer. it Nuer? Nuer. Nuer? Yeah. So it's just Sudanese? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he, uh, it's kind of funny just um, how he, I couldn't sing it right. He kept, and so I had to like phonetically write it on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he taught me how to sing uh, Jesus Loves Me. Not the whole thing, but just the chorus. Uh, well, how's the chorus so, go? <clears throat> Now it's 8.30 in the morning, <laughs> and my voice is froggy. <clears throat> um, you can sing with me? No. <laughs> no. Oh, Jesus, no care. Oh, Jesus, no care. Oh, Jesus, no care. Irai kothlate mo. Pretty cool. Yeah, and I told him I was going to memorize that. So when I saw him again, maybe (laughs) (laughs) Um, I could sing that with him. So that was just a cool. That was a cool moment. Yeah, song and singing is music in general is far more woven into their culture than ours. It just is, you know. And I guess it makes sense, right? Because they don't have a lot of resources, pen and paper, to be writing things down and. And so how do you memorize stuff? You sing it. Yeah, yeah. You spend your time in your day singing versus all the stuff that we spend our time in yeah. day doing. And what was the, was it the was it Sunday or was it the day they, so they started singing at church service, I think it was, on Sunday. Because Sue said early in the time that she she was watching it. Somebody had, I think I had videotaped part okay. of it. And they were singing there, there's a, there's a just a certain way that they sing with drums and their voices are really beautiful. Yeah, but, uh, and they so they sang their kind of their opening song, which I didn't recognize. And then they started singing um, another song, and I thought, "Hey, I think I recognize that." And it was "A Mighty a Fortress Mighty Is Our God." They started singing in their own rhythm and yeah. beat, but the tune was the melody was there. Yeah, and that was just kind of a cool moment that we all. We were, we were, we could, we could recognize and sing the same song based on the melody. Then, yeah. then halfway around the world, or a third around, third of the way around the world, we were, we sing the same songs. So, yeah, and yeah. it's such a different thing where you know we have instruments. We, and our, our church is full of instruments. You know, pianos, drums, uh, bass guitar, um, two other guitars, all of, and then we amplify things through a sound system. Their main instrument isn't a drum. No, but they do. It's their voice. They don't need one. <laughs> right. They don't need a microphone. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is, um, I mean, I, maybe I would describe it as like, it, it's not not oppressive, but like you, you feel it. Like when they're singing, it's like this thing is is filled the space. Yeah. You know, we fill the space with sound. They, they fill the space with something. You, you almost can touch it. It's so overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, man, it's a fun to get caught up into. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's, everybody's, Hi, one of everybody's highlights is that singing and those voices and yeah. the way they and just go after it. And then what you said too on the trip was that we were really in the kind of the the um, the uh, I'm thinking of a word. Just we were in the cradle, I guess, of of the world yeah. area because uh-huh. that's kind of where the then these people had not changed too much in the last. I don't know, a lot of years, 500 years. But mm-hmm. but the the way that they sang songs was so energetic. And I think you said, uh, can you imagine singing the uh, the Psalms? <laughs> the way we sing them is t- kind of to a Latin. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like going drum beats and just really enthusiastic. And that's, that's, that's 
probably, like you said, that's probably the way it was in Christ's time, or well, sure. in the and before in David's time when yeah. when the Psalms were written. That's the way they were meant to be sung, probably. So. Yeah, we always think of the Old Testament. We we read the Old Testament, and then if we're to kind of translate in our head to what it sounds like, it almost always sounds like sixteenth century. Western Christianity is not what it sounds like. (laughs) The Old Testament sounds like that refugee camp. And uh, I I, I love that because it fills in so much color. That's what, you know, it sounded like and smelled like. And that's what when people were, you hear the stories of of, uh, the disciples walking house to house and shaking the dust off their feet. Man, you did that. Yeah. Yeah, you did that there. Yeah, (laughs) It was dusty. (laughs) It was a lady. When we were going into the church one day, she was sweeping the dirt <laughs> right. to get the little pebbles out of it <laughs> with a homemade broom. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bent over at the waist, sweeping. Yep. It's cool. Plus, I so the other thing that really hit me there was the just the, the people were there from Ethiopia. And that, so Ethiopia is mentioned in the Bible several times. The U.S. isn't mentioned in the Bible. <laughs> it's not? I thought for sure that America's in the Bible but, somewhere. <laughs> but these people were, their, their country was was around a long, long time. Yeah. And then even when we got to the, what, one of the, one of the Bible, one of the men's discussions got to be on uh, the clock. Yeah. Of Ethiopia's clock. Yes. And, and how so it's fun. And how they still go by sunrise is... One. One, one o'clock yeah. a.m., a.m., right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then sunset is six o'clock or... Well, when the sun goes down. It was down. one o'clock p.m. when the sun goes down. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's just kind of <laughs> way, way back in Jewish and just mm-hmm. uh Yeah, the when Jesus cradle. talks about the sixth hour and, and yeah. that kind of stuff, that's the time structure that the New Testament people operated with, you know, at the third hour. Like three in the morning? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. That's not the third hour. The third hour is the third hour of sunlight, of daylight, and the yeah. day. Yeah, that's yeah. It, even that little cultural tweak changes the way you think about stuff. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was the same time we, we had left that place after that conversation, walking past a kid who waved at us and said, "Good morning." Oh yeah, morning is any time <laughs> the sun's up. <laughs> I was like, "He's right." Yeah, <laughs> according to him. Yeah, but yeah, that's a that's a such a gift to people who go on the trip. Is man, you know what the Bible smells like. Yeah, you know what it sounds like. You know what it feels like, and not everybody gets that. Just the markets that we what we went through. Great observation. Not not in Kakama, not in the camp, right? But more in where we would stayed. Just yeah, the markets reminded me of. Almost something out of the Bible times. Um, that's with the surely way, what it looked like. The way they were cooking meat and smoking sausage and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just carrying goats by their front and hind legs that they had just bought and they were heading to slaughter them, I assumed. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was dinner. <laughs> that was dinner, yeah. <laughs> it was just, <clears throat> just like stepping back in time a long way back to yeah. biblical times almost. What but, an incredible and precious gift it is. To, to actually completely absorb yourself into what it was like. Yeah. And there we were in our Land Rovers. Yeah, and we drive through with air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. not quite fair. Another huge upgrade from last year is our yeah. vehicles had air conditioning. Whoa, mm. it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite thing about the trip, do you think? Least favorite thing about the trip. Go for it. <laughs> the trip home. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost cruel. Yeah, uh, it? it was brutal. The, <laughs> the two back-to-back eight-hour flights were just <laughs> brutal. And we did it going there, too, but it was the but anticipation. You beat up for a week. No, coming home, the last, the last trip <laughs> and the flight, I have long legs and there's just no room. Oh, it, <laughs> And everybody else was sleeping. <laughs> And you have been uncomfortable for a week. You've, I mean, just, it's been hot. It's It's been dusty. It, it's just been brutal for all this time. Now travel. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so good to get back home. Yeah. Well, so good to get that trip over with back. Yeah. But most favorite thing on the trip? Um, I think just the... Uh, 
the meeting the people, I think, was just the thing that really stays with me. Just yeah. the, how 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 much the people appreciate you coming to visit them. Um, how thankful they are that you came. Yeah. How how faithful they are. Just how I feel uh, like the men. A lot of the men just kind of followed us from day to day. We were at different churches every day, and I know at least one. Okach stayed with us every day, and yeah. another fellow, Ezekiel, stayed with us most of the days. Yeah, um, just their 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 faithfulness. The, and the one, well, the one moment that stands out was the time when uh, the one it was, the, it was the church service. I'm not sure which church it was well, during the week, but they wouldn't let you. You were up at the in the front of the church, and they wouldn't let you talk. They were like giving you this. Long, 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 long welcome, uh-huh. including songs and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, so cool. Yeah, and I, yeah. So just it's just them showing their their, their appreciation and uh, yeah. That yeah. that part of the trip, that moment, really snagged me. And I've, I've been enough times that I, I don't get snagged very often anymore. But and part of it was I was just kind of loading up in, in the front of my head everything I'm about to say. You know, in my introduction, you know, Pastor Luke is here to say something, and I stand up and I say, "Oh, this here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to frame it like this. I'm going to encourage him like this." And I go, "Hello," <laughs> <laughs> right? And it went on for it seemed like five minutes or ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and I it was I was overwhelmed. I yeah. was stunned. I was humbled. I was. I mean, so many different things going through my head in that moment when it was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just hang on a second. First, we have to love on you. And I was like, jeez. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. I uh, I looked. Uh, did we talk about this on the air or not beforehand? Maybe mm-hmm. about last night. I couldn't sleep last night. Oh, we just mentioned it at the beginning, yeah. So I, I was nervous about this right. <laughs> talk. <laughs> <laughs> For um, no good reason. Yeah. Um, so I, about one thirty or two o'clock, I woke up and I couldn't sleep. So I decided to get up and read through all my notes and looked at all the pictures again. And I, I just, I wish I could show the pictures through the podcast. Right. <laughs> just, the uh, smiles on people's faces and the people that we met and, the, the just the events that we went through, just, uh, they're so meaningful to me. The, the kids mm-hmm. are part of it. Uh, just everywhere, it seemed like everywhere we went, the kids would follow us, and it became like the Pied Piper, yeah. where it, the more homes you visit, the, the kids would follow you to the next home, and then the more kids would follow you to the next home, and they just were. Uh, that that was a that was a really good feeling, yeah. Just, uh, see that yeah and i know it, we don't go there so we can feel good and no yet, we don't you can't nope. avoid not feeling you can't avoid it <laughs> no and one little kid well there was uh we were getting ready to leave one evening and one uh well it was more it's more like six little kids yeah <laughs> came up to me but one of them was punching my watch like changing the time <laughs> uh changing the, the display on it yeah and he was getting a real kick out of that and and i just had my arm down and, and then I stooped down and took uh, somebody took a picture of me with uh, five or six kids. Just, yeah. just that's a precious moment, precious picture for me. Yeah, yeah, so. that's a big deal. It really is. It you can't be unaffected. You, you can't go on the trip and and just go on the trip. I mean, it grabs a hold of you. And but I, it's not. It's unlike anything else because it, it has this Christ centered focus to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not obviously not there on vacation. No, you know, and if we were just workers, you know, bring, bringing aid and, and food and stuff, I think we would feel pretty good about ourselves. But we wouldn't have that same fullness of joy, mm-hmm. you know. That that same, we'd walk away and you know, kind of you know, shake our hands off. Like, Job well done. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this was like, oh. <laughs> affects me as a human being and yeah. I can't ever be the same again. I think your the first devotion that it was about being sent. Yeah. About you know why that that we weren't it wasn't really us that decided to go. It was sure we turned an application in, but it was really the church sent us and God sent us to be there. Yeah. Um 
So it was not about us and what we, even though a lot of what we talked about is about me <laughs> so far. But yeah, what's well, your only context? It's the only yeah, way to talk about it. Yeah, but it really was about um, the church sending us and God sending us to to, yeah. to speak um, about Christ to people who maybe have never heard about it. But uh, the thing I found out was that at least half of the people that we talked to already knew him, and they shared him back right back with us. Yeah, it was that was just a um, a cool time. Yeah, um, it's it's really hard to describe what that dynamic is like, but there is something about being sent by the church, yeah. and you know, I, I kind of insist on it, and I wonder if people think I'm just doing it on a formality, but not dragging people up in front of church, and you know, the way I described it this year is last year we had said we're coming back. Mm-hmm. And so you guys were cashing the checks <laughs> that other people wrote. Like this is now yeah. your, they said we're coming back. So now you, we have to send somebody Yeah, and you stepped up and said, I'll go. Now we had some people who were there last year with us too, which yeah. is always important to do because absolutely that would be hard to do <laughs> if everybody was new, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> which is kind of like it was last year. Everybody was new. And I think, yeah, I think that was a big deal why so much of this year was even better. I mean, I thought last year was great, but this year, just to be able to give a word of, no, that's, that's normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anticipate this. That was huge. But like, yes, also got to understand you've now kind of signed up for the next thing, (laughs) right? Um, I know. I told a lot of people (laughs) said, you come back. And what, I mean, what do you say? No, we're not coming back. <laughs> of course, right, right. Yeah, it's kind of a commitment that you make. You make, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you've you've got a, almost a sense of responsibility to be. Um, and I don't think I'm speaking out of school for you. Like, it, I know you feel this. Like, you've got a sense of responsibility for this mission, even if you're like, you know, I'm not going to go back. But I bet you know next year when we start forming the team. We say, hey, we need Mike. We need some veterans to come in and, and help us do some training. For sure, you'd be on that. Yeah, I. Well, I think I think to a person even we went around the room after we came back and just to a person said, "Would you go back next year?" And everybody said, "Yeah." Yeah, okay. and I'm I'm one of them. Yeah, I yeah. I would go back. I think the one thing that I wasn't so sure if I should go was my age was one thing because yeah. I was like the grandpa of the group (laughs) (laughs) yes pastor mike (laughs) yeah nobody ever i i was expecting somebody to ask me to pray and preach and all that and nobody ever asked me that (laughs) which i'm very happy for because i was the old gray-haired guy but i did get a lot of oh please sit down let me give give up this chair and you sit yeah i made sure i want i was able to do that yeah that's nice yeah but uh, um yeah that was the one thing i wasn't sure because i was yeah, I'm not a young guy anymore, but uh, but I don't think you had any real physical limitation no, issues. No, I, I think I did. I everybody did fine, was yeah. always, you know, that that trip home sucks for everybody. <laughs> it just does. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody kept looking out for me. Yeah, so, yeah, it's true. And everybody kept looking out for everybody. Yeah, yeah, so, it was good. Yeah. So you're willing to go back? You want to do it again? Uh, I would. I would. Turn my application in again. Well, I say that now. Come come time again. Well, yeah. Depends on a lot of stuff, but I would. Yeah. If, the way I feel now, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think one of the the best things that somebody can do if, if you feel the calling to go. Yeah. But yeah, what was that like? When did when did you feel like oh, I think I'm I think I'm supposed to turn in an application? Well, I was about a day late, I think. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, I had. I think ever since, ever since my Nicaragua trip, I thought there's m- more to this, mm. and I knew the church sent people to Kenya, and that was when I just kind of felt like it was a seed planted in my head, right, to do something more than what I did in Nicaragua. Um, yeah. So I and so I think the next kind of round, I had I had talked about that and about the possibility of going to Houston even on that yeah that kind of a trip. Yeah, um, but I I think it just goes kind of in there then, uh, and you're always a little nervous about should I turn it in or shouldn't I turn it? Because if I turn it in, that sort of 
leaves the control out of my hands. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've kind so, of said, I'm applying to go, meaning I want to go. Yeah. Like, maybe, I, uh, maybe I'll get picked. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good or bad? I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. No, everything, it, was, it was great. Um, I'm glad I got picked and I'm glad I got sent. Yeah. And uh, um, again, it's profound. It's, it's a life changer. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who come back, I think, feel that way. Right. Yeah. And, and you're, no, you're no new person to church or faith. I mean, you've been um, a faithful member of a Lutheran church for how many years? Somewhere. Well, let's see. How old am I? <laughs> <laughs> Almost 68 years. Yeah. Yeah, so yep. it's not like you're, you know, just found Jesus a couple of years ago no. and you're like, hey, I want to go on a mission trip. No. So even after all of those years of, of faithful worship and study and, and all that kind of stuff, there's still more. Yeah. Most of my other time was all at home. I mean, last year was the first outside a country place that I ever went on a mission trip. And this year was um, like... Hundred times <laughs> as <laughs> profound on steroids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's always room to grow and when it comes to your faith and your discipleship. And I mean, there's always there's always another level. And this is a, a way that you know by exercising the same thing that you've had for all those sixty eight years in a different way. You know, you, you gain so much out of it. Mm-hmm. And but the the exercise is always to give it away, and that's I think sometimes we mistake that when we when we do our discipleship stuff, you know, when we're reading the Bible or doing our devotions or in our prayer life, it, and it's not wrong that it's it's centered around us. I mean, I I don't go around read the Bible to strangers I meet on the street, mm-hmm. but that's all investing in, and then you turn and you and you give out and you you share Jesus out things change mm-hmm. and it's it's a different sort of discipline mm-hmm. and we don't do it here for some reason we, we just always assume well if they want to know about jesus they can go find him yeah he's, he's always here sunday morning 9 and 10 30 go to church yeah <laughs> yeah but it's a different thing to go and tell yeah so maybe we ought to you know put this somehow into the context of the u.s and i'm, I'm still working on it and i know our church does you know, Living Faith is a church that does go out a lot into the community, but I think there's still more more room to grow there. Yeah. There's been a lot of people have gone to Kenya from here. I don't know how many. It's probably in the 30s or 40s or uh-huh. 50s even. I don't know. Yeah. It's at least yeah, 30. But, yeah. But <laughs> probably had the same experience as I had. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's part of... When you go, so when I when I went there, I, like I said, I, did, I didn't take anything but myself and the gospel. Mm-hmm. But when you come back, you so while you're there, there were people who there was one home visit we made that uh, there was a teenager, older teenager that um, so there, I can't remember they have so they have elementary schools and I I think I don't know what they're and then they have high schools and the elementary schools in Kakamo are free. Mm-hmm. But then to go to high school, you have to pay, and it wasn't a huge amount. Of, I think it was $30 a, either a month or a year. It Probably was, a year. Yeah, it sounds like it was $30 a year. And so this one, when we did a home visit, there was this fella at home, and they said he would be in high school, but he couldn't afford to go to high school. So he had to stay at home. And, um, and I felt like, shoot, I could, <laughs> I could pull out $30 and give it to him, and then he could go to high school. Right. Um, and there were just there were several examples of that. Um, some of the missionaries that that I think it costs. I thought they said about a thousand dollars a year to go to the seminary. Mm-hmm. Thought, well, why don't we just give the money? You, we could easily give that to, so that that person could go to could go to the to the seminary for that year. Mm-hmm. But but then I it's like um, the, the need is so so great there. It's like yeah. Uh, I was thinking after I got back, so we went and visited one refugee camp that had two hundred thousand people in it about and, mm-hmm. and when you and that was a profound place with so much need but that when you take that and that's in Kenya, which is 
you could take that much need and multiply it by a thousand, and that's Kenya's need, and then take that times Africa. The need is just, it's just uh, mind blowing, just overwhelming. So, but I did when I came back. I thought, well, there, how can we help now? How can we help? Um, I mean, I think a lot of Americans are in the position to help. Yeah. So I, I think I've I, um, I've come to realize that we can help through well through prayer for sure with them. Yeah. But through through helping their uh, the missionaries that we have there, they they know the needs of the yes of these people much better than we do. So mm-hmm. we could give a guy thirty bucks for to go to high school, but maybe somebody else needs that more than he right. needs it, or the missionary maybe or the the a seminary student. Exactly. Maybe there's another one there that needs it more than he needs it. So that's exactly, yeah. and that's the <clears throat> we we play that that card very carefully, and it's always through those missionaries because just like you said, we, we don't want to accidentally do something where you know we didn't realize culturally this person and this person both um, would desire to go to the seminary and be a pastor, but this one takes priority because. Maybe they're older. Maybe their context. All of these things that we just don't know, yeah. you know, culturally, and <clears throat> we give it to the other because that's the one we're talking to. Now we've created a problem inside that church, inside that community, inside all of that. So it's it's really um, and I, and I've told the um, missionaries there that I've, I've said if you come to a spot where you need to pull a card and say oh. We need, you know, this much money from from someone to go to this place. I go, man, Living Faith is ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've got people <clears throat> who are are ready to write a check for this mission in a heartbeat. Yeah, it, it's not even a question. So the their their job is always to manage that locally, culturally, all of that. And and then the other really nice thing is when we give through the the LCMS missions in Nairobi. Our name gets scrubbed out of it, mm, yeah, so yeah. that it doesn't change the dynamic when we go. Because the worst thing we can do is go to Kakama someday and see, you know, our church, yeah. <laughs> you know, like Living Faith. And why'd you name it Living Faith? Well, because you gave the money to build it. Well, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we don't we don't want you to feel like you owe us or that we're your benefactors. This is gifts that that God has given for His people to spread around to use. We, we don't want the attention recognition or, or any of that stuff we yeah. just want to bless people so yeah the, the missionaries there know and, and they they pull those cards pretty sparingly yeah. and if if they ever do like hey you know we need a thousand dollars i know i can just pop something out on a on realm or on facebook and say hey we need a thousand dollars for this person in kakama and before I go to bed at night, I'll have 20 people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it is. <laughs> but so. yet that's not why we went. I, right. I just want to, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, but yeah. when you don't go for but, that reason, those things follow. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was kind of the mindset of, of the way we do a lot of stuff at Living Faith is I'm, I don't do things to increase offerings. I do things because God's spirit directs, because it's the mission of the church, because that's what the gospel is. And lo and behold, yeah. <laughs> money follows. Yeah. You know, offerings are up. Why are yeah. offerings up? It's not because I'm preaching about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not because I'm banging the drums and telling people you got to give more. It's because the church is doing things faithfully. Yeah. And I was um, I was really stoked to to hear that just recently. In um, I was listening to one of the interviews we're doing for the, the second pastor, and uh, as they were talking, somebody on the call team from our church said. Yeah, you know, just the the way decisions are made here are really faithful. Mm-hmm. And that isn't – I don't make all the decisions. <laughs> this <laughs> council and elders and worship team, all of those people making decisions, they, they don't make it based off of worldly stuff. It's, is this a faithful decision? Yeah. Okay, then we'll go. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. And offerings are up. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And kind of, I don't know if this is a reverse of that or not, but I, I had some, uh, we have some friends who are not Christians at all, and they don't see that. They, they don't see, uh, the first thing, they kind of had a question look, so I told them that we went, I went to Kenya, and they says, well, what did you do there? 
And I says, well, we didn't really, we didn't take anything and they, we didn't build anything. And they says, so what did you do there? So mm-hmm. it's just, they don't, they don't get that. They don't, they don't understand that part. Yeah. Uh, they got to, it's got to be something monetary or something that, uh, yeah. uh, that you have to help them with or, right. or do something for them. Um, so, yeah, the, the it, way it, I get at that when they're not Christians yeah. is I say, well, we try and bring hope to the hopeless. And that's a, that's a first step to defining you know, what we do because the hope that we bring is Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. if, you, if you don't know Jesus and you don't know what that hope is, that you're speaking past me. I, I don't get it. What's, what's hope in Jesus? But people, I think whether you know Jesus or not, people can understand the concept of hopelessness and how it's important to have hope when everything seems hopeless. But then what's nice about that is you can, you can walk people in our country through. So things are hopeless. If if you're in a bad spot and you feel like things are hopeless, what do you, what do you want? What do you need? Do you, do you just need money and now you'll have a hope? Well, no, I, I'm, in a hopeless situation because I have stage four cancer, money's not going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. What if there was hope in a different way? Yeah. And his name is Jesus. Yeah. Bam. That's how you get it. <laughs> yeah. That's good advice. Huh? Yeah. Just start with, start with hope to the hopeless. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the way in. Yeah. All right, dude. That was an hour, almost an hour. No way. <laughs> How come that clock says one hour and nine minutes? I was I started a little bit later, so it's probably right around an hour, an hour fifty or something like that that we've been in here. Or no, I mean uh, not that long. Minutes, fifty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> time flied. I, I tell time you, flew. there's nothing to be nothing to be nervous about. It's easy podcast. No. Anything else you want to tell people before we we sign off here? Thank you for uh, thanks to whoever listens to this for sending me and. Uh, uh, I'd highly recommend it if you're called to do it. Turn in your application. <laughs> yeah, don't be a chicken. <laughs> yeah, don't be a, don't be scared like I was kind of scared. <laughs> Nothing to be scared of. Yeah, and the, the like you said, the the people who went last year that went again this year were such a help. It's to to know the routine and to, to keep the coffee club going, yes. the Kahawa <laughs> tribe, and. The coffee tribe. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to plug, put a plug in for the Kahawa tribe. Yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> we're was, kind of seriously looking at trying to start a tribe. <laughs> I think Keith already has the paperwork There's, started. And it's it's surprisingly short. <laughs> There's not a lot of paperwork involved. Is there money involved? Yeah, but it's not much. I think it's 100 bucks or something stupid. Oh, I'll, I'll put in money. Yeah, and uh, all we need is a, a, a native Kenyan to do it, and we've got We have one Peter. of those. He's ready to go. <laughs> So Peter Scotch is going to be uh, the whoever has to sign it to start his own tribe. Yeah. But then we have to decide if we want a language for our coffee tribe. <laughs> I don't know. Coffee. <laughs> That's, ah, coffee. <laughs> Peter was a special guy, too. It's, him and I became friends there. And we've actually conversed a little bit on Good. Um, Facebook Messenger. And he wants to come here someday. He said, just to come, hopes to somebody he can come visit here. Oh, and he great. also hopes that he sees me again next year. So, yeah. <laughs> there. Oh, so Peter's such a good guy. He was a good guy, yeah. He was a, such a strong, faithful guy, too. Yep. Um, so He's yep. got a whole different whole different level of faith than I do. Yeah. And uh, I, I dig that about him. Yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for coming in. Yep. You're welcome. We'll see you. See, I told you he'd do great. Great guy. Hard for him to uh, mess this thing up. All you got to do is sit around and talk and be a great guy. So that worked out well. So there you have it. Mike Ring, awesome trip. Uh, Great to have him with us in Kenya. He's in our praise team. His wife is on council. They're just real active in in all kinds of different stuff uh, around town and in the church. So very cool to to have him on the podcast today. As always, I encourage you to follow me on Twitter. I am at Luke underscore Tim. And on Instagram, I'm just Luke underscore Tim. And you can email me all the things with LukeTim uh, at gmail.com. That easy. Find me. 
Love to hear from you guys. I do appreciate you listening. As always, please share this podcast if you'd be willing to do so. That's helpful to me. Um, If you actually go on to iTunes and click there and and rate it and give me a bunch of stars and all that kind of stuff, that's actually really helpful too. I'd appreciate that as well. So want to keep good content coming your way if I can. And if I ever figure out how to do good content, I'll let you know. But uh, until then, be good.